Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast with Nicolene Peck. Improving your life, uniting your family, changing the world. Welcome to the very first Teaching Self-Government podcast. I am super excited to be here with you today. My name is Nicolene Peck, and I am known by most people as the self-government lady. If you don't know a ton about me, I don't have time to go into great, great detail. You can always look me up on my website, teachingselfgovernment.com. But just so you know, I, I used to be a foster parent for multiple years for some troubled youth. They were level three treatment children that came to our home. People started asking me to teach them what I was doing in our home. How are these children transitioning so quickly, especially when many of them had things like ADHD, OCD, ODD, RAD, kleptomania, compulsive lying, anger control issues, all that kind of stuff. And how how was it possible for these kids to have such great gains because we were quite successful at what we were doing with them. And so I said, okay, I'll tell people. And I said, what am I going to call it? Well, what am I really telling people? I'm telling people how to govern themselves and, and telling, I'm teaching these youth that come to my home because they were all between the ages of 12 and 18, how to govern themselves anyway. And then it just kind of like was something that never ended. I thought it would end. And then, um, in 2009, the BBC made a documentary of our family and they call it a documentary. It was a reality TV show anyway. Um, and then all about parenting and, and about, you know, parenting difficult children and, and some things, what it takes and, and our, our episode became their most watched episode that they'd ever had on the BBC. And so after that, it was like, this is never going to stop. So we've written books and stuff like that to try to help people improve their own lives with self-government and also to improve their families and and to help their children learn self-government, self-mastery, self-control. Those are all synonymous with each other. Anyway, so years and years ago, I I just have to say, I I might have done a dumb thing. Um, Years and years ago, I had a mentor who was like, Nicolene, you got to do this. You got to give this to the world, you know, and he was like, I'll do, I'll mentor you for free. I will, I will help you do this. We wouldn't have had the first, you know, web page and stuff without my mentor, Gregory was his name, um, who helped me get everything going. And Gregory said to me way back in the day, he said, Hey, Nicolene, you need to do a podcast. These are like new things. People are starting these podcasts. And I was like, Oh, you know, I, I don't know. I think I'm good. I'm doing some other things and I think that'll be good enough. And, and I only have so much time, you know, cause I, I was, you know, raising my children. I mean, we're talking, this was a long time ago. This was just under 10 years ago when he said this to me, when podcasts were just beginning and probably they weren't even that popular yet. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to, you know, do those or not. So I think not. Right. 
and I'm dumb. I should have done them because here now all these years go by and we could have had all these podcasts to help people. And I'm just now starting, but maybe I wasn't so dumb because I did spend a lot of time just focusing on my own family, which is what I'm still putting my number one focus at is my family, but my family's getting older now. And speaking of my family and them getting older, I want to introduce you to someone. So we've got with us today Paige Peck, who is my oldest daughter. She's my second child. She's got an older brother, and then she's got a younger sister and a younger brother. So she's number two of four. And Paige is at university right now. So she's a college student. Um, she has had years of doing uh, humanitarian work for our church and, and service work where she's gone off to serve um, in, in other places, not close to home. She's done quite a bit of traveling and teaching with me over the years. She's a certified teaching self-government mentor. I don't even know if people know what that means, but I do train people to teach what I teach. Um, she is amazing. And she's actually going to school right now. Her degree is in marriage and family studies because she absolutely loves the concept of self-government and she loves the idea of helping to create strong families. Paige, how about you go ahead and just finish telling about yourself? <laughs> okay. I, I'm probably doing a terrible job about that. <laughs> anyway, so here's Paige. Meet Paige. Is there anything else you, you want to add that I haven't shared? Well, I mean, not really. That was a really good introduction. <laughs> I don't think I've ever really been formally introduced anywhere, but um, it's, yeah, I'm at the university. I'm in Idaho and studying marriage and family. I just switched. It's, it's one of my passions and it's something that I, I really, really enjoy learning about because it really is so crucial and so important to families today. Every time I mention it to people, they're like, oh my goodness, you know, thank you. It's so, so needed for people to be in this field of study and to really help people uh, have better families and have better family relationships. And yeah. so it's, it's really been awesome for me to learn about that and share my insights with other people and uh, take what I've learned in my classes and apply it to what I already know is self-government. And there's actually a lot of similarities to what is being taught at the university and what is being taught by teaching self-government. It's just phrased differently. That's cool. Yeah. Well, and I, and I've heard you say before too, like, Oh mom, I wish I could just tell them this, but it's like not part of the class curriculum. Right. Or whatever. Right. You know, there've been times where you're like, but I know something you don't know. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, how, how old were you when you decided to become a teaching self-government mentor when you decided, no, I want to be a mentor. I want to teach this and go through the mentor mm -hmm. training that we have. Well, I was doing the work, uh, for, as a mentor when I was quite young, but I became certified when I was 18. I thought that's what I remembered. I'm like, mm -hmm. I feel like she was just fresh out of <laughs> Barely high school an adult. age. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I and I felt like because you're almost 22 now, right? You're mm -hmm. 21, almost 22. Yeah. I shouldn't have to ask you. I should know that. <laughs> I was going to say, mom. <laughs> you were there, mom. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but you know, sometimes it's good to check your facts. Um, anyway. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I know. Now, people are going to get some family shucking and jiving here on these podcasts. Oh, it's podcasts. so fun. That's okay. I'm going to have Paige joining me, you know, 
a lot, probably most of the time on these podcasts. I feel like she brings a different angle to our discussion. Perspective. On, yeah, that's it. The perspective. That's the word I was looking for. Anyway, and um, because she's from a different generation than I am, and there are multiple generations of parents out there, and hopefully this podcast will be helpful for people that aren't even parents yet, or have, have their parenting days as far as kids in the home are over. I hope this will be a a podcast that no matter where you're at, you can take these principles and you can apply them to your relationships, whether husband and wife, coworkers at work, um, you know, anybody, we're going to be sharing things. Now, obviously a good chunk of the time is going to be spent talking about, you know, husband and wife relationship, parent child relationship, that kind of thing. Um, but everybody's either a parent or a child or both. Okay. <laughs> so hopefully we can, and, and honestly, the way that we communicate with friends and, and acquaintances, Acquaintances, some of the principles are not much different. So I'm hoping that people will get help with their self-government. Yeah. So anyway, Paige has been motivated about self-government for years and years. I think she read my book. Um, the, I was 14. Yeah. I was going to say, I thought you were 14 years old when you read my book, Parenting a House United. So that's kind of a... <laughs> well, honestly, it was awesome. Yeah. Half of my copy is underlined. And it's, I actually asked for a new one. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I read it when I was 14. Half of it is underlined. I loved I, it so much. But I'm like, I need a clean copy. <laughs> I might need to have to start over now again yeah. that I'm older. <laughs> yeah. But um, I remember you coming up to me and saying, I just read this part, mom. And I'm really interested about this. And mom, I knew you've been doing this. And I forgot the story that happened. And it was so fun to read about this story from our life, you know, or, or, oh, I didn't know that's why you started that. And because, you know, that book is somewhat like a little bit like a family history. It kind too. of is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For our family, because it's just how we are and who we are and how we behave with each other and stuff like that. But yeah. So, um, Paige, one of the prerequisites to becoming a teaching self-government mentor is you have to go to a parenting mastery training. So these are these three day training courses that we do. And, and Paige has been to many parenting mastery trainings, <laughs> many a mastery, retreats. many, many, <laughs> and she has actually taught at many of those parenting mastery trainings. Um, as well, she has coached many people learning different skills of self-government. So anyway, she has a great wealth of knowledge to share with us. Um, and I'm just excited to do something with my daughter. I mean, that's just so fun. <laughs> it's like a dream come true, right? And then that is 100% true. So let's talk about self-government. Let's get in here to the bulk of what we want to discuss today. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to talk about self-government and then we'd like to, you know, just like take that and launch off from there into the field of confidence. That's what I want to talk about today. I feel like confidence is something that uh, is really under attack in our society. It's lacking a lot in, it's on everybody's mind, but like for some reason, we're just not getting there in so many ways as a society. Right. I, think, I think people don't know how to access it or develop it in themselves either. Yeah. I think, I think sometimes we, okay, well, do I take this class and then boom, magic light bulb, I'm confident, you know, <laughs> or like, what do I no. do? <laughs> yeah. But that's what people think. Right. And, and, and if you feel like you're not confident, is it, 
is it something that somebody has done to you? Is it something you've done to yourself? How quick is the fix? Is it, does it take forever? Does it, can it be short? I mean, I think people, you know, wonder and they discuss and people offer suggestions for how to be more confident. And, and I am in no way, like, have I been <laughs> versed in everybody's suggestion on how to be confident. I'm sure there's good suggestions out there. There's probably also some just junk suggestions out there as well. I mean, because yeah. some people just make selfishly motivated suggestions and we have to always remember that, that um, there can be selfishly motivated suggestions. Um, I think I'm pretty much known for not going into that zone, not making emotional or self-motivated suggestions to people, but not everybody's perfect. So, um, <laughs> you know, I'm going to just throw that out there at the beginning of these podcasts. Um, so let's, let's jump into self-government first. What's self-government? And then I want to spend some time talking about confidence today. So uh, self-government. There's a simple definition that I always share of self-government. I'm not going to go into great, great detail here. I just don't have the time. We want to keep these well, yeah, kind of you short. You can spend a long time just talking about that. <laughs> we could spend a good hour. <laughs> We're not going to do that today, but I do want to make sure everybody's on the same page. So self-government is being able to determine the cause and effect of any given situation and possessing a knowledge of your own behaviors so that you can control them. Okay, so what that means is you understand cause and effect as it relates to your relationships and your own behavior. And that you are not afraid to analyze and examine yourself through a lens of honesty and principle, okay? So you say, okay, who really am I? Who am I supposed to become? What do, I, what do I know about my own potential as a person? Okay, in order to get there, what, what path should I follow? What behavior should I have? How should I communicate? Okay, how am I doing? Do I need to improve? Do I need to correct myself? You know, have I failed? That process page of examining yourself is not popular. People don't like it. No, they don't. <laughs> in fact, a lot of people come to me, I'll have like roommates or friends in the area. They'll come to me and say like, Hey, can we talk? And they'll, they'll have, they'll tell me their, their problems or their conundrums, you could say. And they kind of look to me for that advice or that analysis of what's going on. And so it's, it's really interesting because that's just something I do normally. It's almost subconscious at this point, right. just because I'm so used to analyzing my behavior and how I'm doing with my own self-government that I just automatically do it for myself and I do it for everyone I see. I, I'm constantly analyzing behaviors. It's great. <laughs> now, there's a difference between analyzing and judging harshly, right? right there's a difference. Right. Because there's a, oh, I think I know why that might be happening. Because I just saw you, you know do this or say this or whatever. So that could be a direct result. Yeah. Versus or like, Oh, oh you've had you're this a past bad parent. This or... history. Yeah. yeah. Totally different. And I think a lot of times when people turn the lens on themselves, they'll start judging themselves harshly. Right. Which is and not what self-analysis is for. 
No, exactly. And, you know, and I don't have time to go into that with everybody all the time, you know, like, <laughs> hey, we need to analyze ourselves, but not judge ourselves, but da, 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 and trying to make that clarification. Right. Um, well, that, that all ties into what we're talking about today, which is confidence, right? So, yeah. like, I consider myself a very confident person. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you are. <laughs> sometimes to a fault. It's fine. But um, <laughs> the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Paige. It's true. That's, it's true. Was, and I trained you to be that way on purpose. I yeah. mean, that's a, that's a thing that we decided to do. It was like, okay, well, um, what kind of children do we want to have? Well, we want them to be confident. Well, I'm a confident person. I'm pretty sure I can help train them to be that way. And, yeah. and I had to train myself to have a real confidence, not just displays of confidence, which I probably had when right. I was a teenager. Because those are different as well. And it's funny because like, you know, like I, like I said before, I'm a very confident person. And that makes it so that when I do analyze myself, I don't go to where like, oh, you know, you did that so badly and you need to fix that. And instead it's like, oh, you know, that probably could have been done better. So let's do this and this to help it be better next time. Love you it. Know? Yeah. So it's yeah. productive. And, it's like moving forward instead of exactly getting, instead of getting stuck. And I think a lot of people just get stuck, you know, they're, they mm -hmm. just like it. Well, if they're, if they're, they don't have a healthy way to analyze themselves, if they either look with judgment or praise, but never just open anal analysis, that's just uh, uh, like honest, productive and, and that looks at your potential and that's still understanding that you have potential. Right. A non-biased analysis. Yeah, that's a great way to say it. I like that. That's good. And, and you know what? It, that's the sign of an emotionally healthy person. Yeah. Yeah. So because of that, I've been able to help a lot of people who aren't so you know, emotionally healthy or stable. And they've been able to rely on, I guess you could say my judgment or my analysis. Yeah. And it's been able to help them be a little bit more stable, a little more confident in themselves. Yeah. But well, you, you know, um, people gravitate toward confident people. It's true. It's true. Now, I had, a, I had a friend tell me one time, uh, he said, you know, if you, if you went to public school, you would have been one of the popular kids. Uh oh, you just let a cat out of the bag. People might stop <gasps> listening to our podcast. <laughs> Paige was homeschooled. Oh no. <laughs> but it's funny. I tell people that here at uh, university and they're like, what? I would have never guessed. I'm like, that's right. <laughs> How did that happen? <laughs> like normal in some ways. It's called self-government. What? Not in others. <laughs> Seriously. But yeah. Seriously. But it was, I thought that was a very interesting comment, one that I've always remembered. Yeah. And I look back now, I'm like, it's because I'm so confident in who I am that I'm not trying to be someone who I'm not. Yeah. You've never lacked for friends, Paige. You've always been the person, never lacked for friends. People have always gravitated toward you. And also I know currently right now in, in certain groups, you have leadership roles in your right. choir. You have a leadership role, mm -hmm. uh, in your church congregation, you have a major leadership role <laughs> right now. Yeah. You've got like leading the whole women's organization, you know, that's, that's pretty big. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's different, leadership roles that just kind of like fall in the lap of people who are confident. confident. Why? Because confident people are more capable usually because yeah. they don't get stuck. 
They don't get like emotionally drowning in each little problem that comes their way. They don't right. stress as much. You know, there's a lot of things to confidence. Mm -hmm. But do we actually know what the definition of confidence is? Aha, aha. Okay. So you want to hear about confidence. Well, <laughs> um, confidence, we definitely have a definition for, for confidence. Ooh, do enlighten and, me. Yes. Let's hear that. Um, so Noah Webster in one of my favorite books, which is his 1828 dictionary. Oh, he's great. Um, yes. He defines confidence as a trusting or reliance, an assurance of mind or firm belief in the integrity, stability, or veracity of another, or in the truth and reality of fact. So you can have confidence in somebody else, but also you can have confidence in yourself and in facts. Well, and that's trusting in yourself as well. Ooh, that's big. That is big because you know what, if you don't have truth and if you don't even, if you're not even sure you're following the correct truth, how can you know if you even trust yourself? I think that's where a lot of people are lost. Yeah. Because I see a lot of people, especially um, during my high school aged years where people are so insecure because they don't know what the truth is, you know, whether it be like fashion fads or whatever, or the truth about relationships with peers or whatever it was, but they weren't sure what that was. And so they tried their best to you know, quote unquote fit in and because they didn't know where the truth was found. So they're just kind of floundering around and then they had no confidence in themselves because they didn't know if they were doing what was right or not. Yeah. No, see, that's, that's major. When a society goes away from truth, and I'm talking about real truth, absolute truth, truth that's been backed up over the centuries, backed up over history, not just like new truths, like you make your own truth. Like, that, what is that? Like, <laughs> that's not that's, truth. That's called a whim. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> that's called a whim. Maybe truth is consistent and is always there. <laughs> yeah, that's not a truth. Exactly. So, um, yeah, so if a person has real truth. If our society has real truth, that's a bedrock, right? It's a foundation right. that then everybody can say, well, am I a living according to what I know is true? Well, once a person lives according to what they know is true, then they have this assurance of mind that mm -hmm. is mentioned in that definition, this firm belief, this integrity. So then all of a sudden you have integrity because you are practicing what you know to be true. So you're practicing what you preach. You're, you're not a hypocrite. You are, you know, following principle, right? Following principle. And that's the hardest thing. I got to say, we got to bring this back to parenting here for a second. Cause, <laughs> because with, with parents, I think that's where they undermine themselves. Okay. Right. So they have principles and there's a lot of great people doing great things in their parenting. They have, they, they, you know, they're really focusing on finding truths and living by those truths, but the problem comes in the living by. Okay. So they say, okay, it's true. I need to be charitable. I need to be understanding. I need to be um, consistent. I need to be all these kind of things. Well, so how do you be consistent? Does that require anger? Does that require emotion? Um, how do you, you know, how do you teach a child or control uh, over someone or yeah. When you teach a truth, do you control? Exactly. How do you do it? And so some people don't have the skills 
And that's really where teaching self-government for years and years has, has filled in the gap. I mean, you know, the, the Parenting House United book, the implementation course we have, the different trainings that we do really have just leaps and bounds filled in gaps for people. And mm-hmm. that's what I hear all the time, you know, is like, wow, I just did not have the tools to live the principles I wanted to live. And I said, yep, there's always principle and there's practice. And if your practice doesn't match your principle, you always have a lack of confidence. And if your principle doesn't match your practice, you don't feel quite confident either. Cause you're like, I know this feels good and it looks good, but I don't know why it is good. Right. <laughs> the, the two have to, the two have to be together because mm-hmm. there are people that can fake good behaviors, but oh, hearts, yeah, it happens all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Their hearts aren't in the right place. So anyway, um, confidence in yourself means adhering or holding fast to truth, basically. Okay? Yeah. And having, being in a state of integrity. And when you have confidence in another person, it's because you sense their integrity, their stability, their truth. Well, don't we want to be the voices of stability for mm-hmm. our I actually our have children? a really good example of that. Um, I have a friend and he... Yeah, he's he's kind of figuring things out with life and he's, you know, learning new things about being an adult and stuff like that. And he's he's kind of in a situation right now where things aren't necessarily healthy at home. The the environment is not very healthy. And it's something he didn't realize was going on. Um, and so I, I began talking to him like, oh, you know, and he would tell me situations that are happening at home. And I said, Oh, like that's that's not good. That's mm-hmm. that's not a very healthy environment. You know, this is probably what's going on here. And he's like, really? I didn't even. I never even realized that. And so, but it was it was interesting because at home, some of the personalities were very strong and very manipulative, and very controlling. Uh, whereas his personality, because of that, he was a little more passive and a little more, um, I guess you could say, walked on. And his confidence level in making his own decisions was not very, not very high. And so after I started kind of telling him what, like an outside perspective on his home environment, right? Your analysis. Yeah. 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 (laughs) What I do every day. Um, He, he's like, oh my goodness, this is not okay. You know, and he's in his twenties. And he was, he was like, oh my goodness, I've never even thought of this before. This has never come to my attention. And he was enlightened all of right, a Right. His eyes yeah. were open to what was happening. Since then, since I've been, you know, giving him this perspective, he's been able to have so much more confidence in his own decision making. And so he's actually taking a leap, right? Right. He, so he's taking a step out and he's saying, wait a minute, I've got to analyze this for myself. Mm-hmm. And then as he's doing that, he's finding confidence on the other side of it. Right. Because he took the time to do the analysis. Mm-hmm. Because he'd never done that before. And um, everyone in his environment was just, you know, making decisions for him, telling him what was what. And he's just like, oh, okay. Just kind of going along with it. And he didn't even think to look at the other perspective. Actually, he didn't even really know that there's another perspective available until I gave him one. That happens actually in an environment where someone is an aggressor or you mm-hmm. might want to call them a bully or something. If you have someone in an aggressive environment and the other person to 
maintain the peace has decided to take the passive role, um, oftentimes they don't even know that they're the victim in that environment. They just think that's how life is. That's how they have to be that kind of a thing. So it sounds like he's found a lot of empowerment just mm -hmm. by examining himself and knowing the questions to ask. I think that's right. the other thing is if you don't analyze yourself, then you can't analyze anything else either. Can you? No. You don't know what questions to ask. You don't even know what's, what's out there, what's possible. Yeah. And so, so it's hard to be in someone else's shoes when you don't even know like how to look at the perspective differently. Yeah. Well, you know, that's part of the maturing process really mm -hmm. to go to, to really get good at analyzing. I, I think we see a lot of people fix the errors of their youth, you know, yeah. the errors of their ways. They hit a certain age, you know, maybe it's in their twenties somewhere. And they're like, why have I been doing that? <laughs> what a waste of time. I mean, I don't know if, you know, at the university, if, if you've seen people like when they first got there and they're totally different than they are now, just because. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, I, have, to I have some friends. I have some friends that I started off college with before, you know, I left and did my humanitarian work and uh, I came back and they were still there. It was really fun to see them because they're my old friends. Right. And uh, they were completely different. It was funny because we all started out as, you know, cute little freshmen and <laughs> we're going through our classes. <laughs> and I had one friend in particular, he was very cocky um, because I was, in, I was in the music program at the time and he thought he was all that in a bag of chips. He thought his voice was just so stellar. I mean, he was a tenor, no offense, but... <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. Is that a good thing? Like tenors good or tenors shouldn't tenors be thinking? have a complex every now and then. Oh, oh, I see. Okay, see, this is a music perspective I am yeah. not aware of. Okay, got it. But um anyway, and so, so it was it it fit into his his tenor uh box, his tenor right. mold. Okay. Right. Anyway, um and for everyone else who heard him sing, his voice was so nasally, he was doing so many things wrong. But when I came back from my for my humanitarian work, he had, oh, it was so much better. He was so much more humble and he had realized that he was not all that in a bag of chips. And he realized that, you know, there was so much more work that could be done. And yes, he had talents and he had a, a gift, but that it still needed to be cultivated. Mm. And so he, after, you know, his private vocal trainings and stuff over the the years, he was like, oh, okay, you know, yes, I do have talent. I do have a gift. I have potential here. Um, but he, he hadn't peaked yet, you know. Okay, like so you're bringing, up, you're bringing up something that, um, an angle maybe I didn't think we would go today, mm -hmm. but something that is really cool because what you're saying is that he actually seems more confident now. Yeah. And he's actually more humble when he mm -hmm. was cocky before, mm -hmm. which to some people might look like confidence. No, <laughs> but no it's, it's actually hiding the lack of confidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> a fake, right? It's a phony confidence. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So in reality, humility is the sign of confidence. Mm -hmm. I would definitely say so. <laughs> yeah, that's and a great I found that out myself as well, uh, especially as I've been put into, you know, different leadership positions. I'm like, you know, people really respond to someone who is humble and who's willing to accept correction and criticism. In fact, just the other day I was in choir 
and the girl next to me leans over and she's like, I think we're singing the wrong words here because we've been singing these ones, but I think we're singing the wrong words. I'm like, oh my goodness, you're so right. I am so sorry. <laughs> and so you know? instead, of, instead of taking it personal, you're like, oh, wait, is there a truth in what she's saying? Yeah. Is a truth in what she's saying. <laughs> I guess I better conform myself to the truth, yeah. right? And that's, I think, what that's a notion, strength. right? <laughs> I'm like, oh, wow, hmm, okay. <laughs> Even leaders are not perfect. Wow. No, but the thing is, is I've been in choirs, Paige. I mean, you have the way better voice than me. Let's not have a sing out right here on the on the podcast. But but you've been in more more things than me. But I have been in a lot of choirs and stuff. And for the most part, if you give someone a bit of criticism like oh I think I think we might not be doing that right I think that's not most people do not like taking it and they usually come up with an excuse oh yeah well so-and-so next to me yeah you know what I mean and they'll come up with some sort of reason why it happens and I can't say I've never done it myself right or that that never (laughs) the person next to me wasn't the problem okay but I'm still still, I'm saying that that's that's a pretty um for someone to just say that to you and you'd be like, oh, wait, oh, oh yeah, you're totally right. I'm, I'm in the wrong. Let's fix that. Um, mm-hmm. That shows great humility. It shows great confidence. Okay, so now we've made this synonymous <laughs> relationship with, with, um, with humility and with confidence, which we need to do. But we've got to touch on a couple of other things that, has, that relate to confidence. Um, because I feel like we, we need to understand even more in depth. So what does confidence look like for a child? Ooh. I, I, think if I, I think if I think of a child that has confidence, um, the child is okay following instructions. Mm, I was just thinking the same thing. If something doesn't go right for the child, if like they uh, don't get their way, they don't get to be first in line, they don't get whatever, then they can go, okay, and that they can be fine. Well, yeah, and if you think about it, that actually comes from Like, if they're willing or if they're able to obey, that means they, number one, trust their parents, which is the root of confidence, right? Right. So it's like a a three-level thing there. So if a child trusts the parent to not blow up in their face or to not be consistent, then they're going to obey. You mean to not be inconsistent. Right. Rather to be consistent. Yeah. Right. And then they will be obedient, which then gives them more confidence in themselves and more trust in their parents, which then leads them to be more obedient. So it's just a repeating cycle. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. So, um, confidence, confidence for the child looks like trust, right? Mm -hmm. And they're trusting in what they're learning. They're trusting in their teacher, that role of the teacher. It doesn't. Yeah. Confidence in a child does not look like they're headstrong and can do whatever they want. No, it, it, uh, it actually oftentimes looks like they're adaptable. Yeah. Like a lot of times a person is like, oh, well, this, you know, this isn't going my way. So how should I relate to this situation? They look sometimes a little bit more mature, but not mature in a cocky way or an arrogant or attitude problem way, but mature or, or impertinent way, which would be the <laughs> younger children. But, right. but, but instead, um, they, they look more secure and adaptable in, in other situations mm-hmm. in a humble way. I think I adaptable like is a very key word there. Yeah. So and I think the looking is, back, like from my childhood, when yeah. I was a child, I was very adaptable. 
Um, in fact, there's a point when I was 11 years old, I was singing with you in a women's barbershop chorus. I was the youngest one there by far. <laughs> oh yeah. You started when you were 11. Mm-hmm. 11. Yeah. 11. Yeah. And so I was, you know, talking to these grown up ladies for, you know, the, the, I think it was four years that we were in that chorus mm-hmm. and, you know, I was, it was easy for me to talk to adults and it was just, I was very adaptable. Well, you became to friends with them. Oh I mean, yeah. It was so fun. to this day still contact you and you know, they're, you're sure. friends with them on Facebook <laughs> and whatever, you know? Yeah. yeah. And they, and I mean, they still glory with you in your singing moments and they feel yeah. like you're their little sister, yeah. you know, or that yeah. they were your mom, you know, or their auntie maybe or something, you yeah. know, but well, it's, it's not to say that you should, you know, expose your child to adult only conversation, you know, in, in that way. But like, it was a very good experience for me to learn how to be adaptable and to have that confidence in myself. Well, the thing is, is, I mean, parent, we, we could talk about, well, you've actually hit on a thing I, I often share when I talk about <laughs> confidence is I tell how when my children hit about age 11, we start them into something that where it's like girls with mom and boys with dad do certain things like yeah. the boys work with dad or sing with dad or whatever. And the girls do things with mom. And oftentimes it involves other women because we are then doing other women. Adults, yeah. Yeah. Woman training and men training. When you have because, to be around other women and men to have that real training. Well, because you're not going to be confident in who you are when you're around other people who don't know who they are. Okay. But when you're, when you're around other women, you're like, Oh, there's the goal. That's where I'm going. So maybe we could say part of having confidence is knowing where you're going. Yeah. Right. Seeing that perspective and that future. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that's, you know, having a a vision, a future of who you're becoming and the parent has to facilitate that. Oh, for sure. If they don't, then it's, I mean, it might happen at some point, just not as soon as it could. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Or should. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, we could go on forever about all this stuff. <laughs> there's so much more we can always share, but let's talk about the confidence of the parent really quickly. But see, um, that's where you have the best perspective on that. <laughs> <laughs> True. But, but Paige, I think I could ask you, did you notice a difference between your parent and maybe some of your friends' parents? Oh yes. Oh yes. Um, I think the biggest difference was, well, there's, there's a couple, but the biggest difference was communication skills. And, um, I guess you could say emotional stability because a lot of my friends, parents, they flip-flopped between being their child's friend and giving them whatever they wanted and being very heavy handed. And it's, it just, it was very inconsistent. Mm -hmm. And so I would talk to my friends all the time. They'd be like, yeah, you know, my parents are super strict and they just, we argue all the time. And, you know, I try to get the things that I want, but then, you know, they're very heavy handed. And anyway, it was just, it was very interesting to see that different perspective from them and just to see these parents who their, uh, I guess you say their emotions or their behaviors they were doing were projecting that they were in control and that they had things under control. Mm-hmm. But because of what I know now, what they were doing was because they were trying to hide the fact that they really didn't know what they were doing. Well, and actually you noticed a difference. I yeah. mean, you would come home and I remember you would tell me things like, 
You know, I think my friend's mom is trying to manipulate her kids into whatever. <laughs> you know, and I'd be like, very astute assessment there, Paige. <laughs> you might be right. Um, I, I think you would probably say, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. This is open, on, honest conversation here. but <laughs> Always. Uh, uh, yeah, it is always for us. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, you guys get us off the cuff. This is me and Paige, and that's how it is. Oh, yeah. But, um, but I think that you would probably say you did notice a confidence difference between, mm -hmm. and that I actually... I don't know if I could necessarily pinpoint it as a confidence difference, but yeah. there was definitely a behavior difference. But looking yeah. back, it's definitely a confidence difference. Well, I knew my role and I'm not saying they didn't know what it meant to be mother or father or whatever it happens to be right. or well, okay. Maybe responsibilities as know. mother and father. Yeah. They, they knew, okay, I am a mother and father. I have certain responsibilities, but then I had this understanding of my role mm -hmm. that was like, what does it really mean to be a mother? That means I, I have to nurture in this certain way. And what does it mean to nourish and grow something? There's a patience that's involved. There's preparation that's involved. Mm -hmm. there's, this isn't just an in the minute thing. And so because it was like my whole opus, it's still my whole opus and you guys are disappearing. <laughs> you guys are disappearing no. from my home faster than I can handle, <laughs> but it's still my whole opus. Okay. Um, but anyway, because that was it, like I put my whole heart into it. It wasn't, it wasn't an afterthought, mm -hmm. you know, of like, oh yeah, okay, fine. We'll take care of that. And then I'm going to get back to my, whatever I'm doing, you know, it wasn't yeah. like that. So, and I think it's it probably made a difference. Yeah. Realizing that your role was to help lead and nurture the family, not to have yeah. your own like personal time. Right. Right. Well, I think the other thing too, that you hit on was that I was calm now, yeah, not, you know, and, and, and I wasn't going to manipulate you. Yeah, it was funny because so, like I would describe you as very chill, but very structured. Whereas my friends are like, oh, man, your mom is strict. <laughs> no, no, but they but didn't like, see all the work that had gone into it. Yeah, yeah. because they the, saw the rules. All they saw was right. the rules. Yeah. But, like, but, but oh, my gosh. But when you say chill, though, like. Uh, we, we maybe need to have another con another <laughs> call about chilling out with your children. Okay. Oh, maybe, yeah. maybe that'll be another <laughs> one. We'll do a, we'll do a podcast about chilling out with your children. Um, but, but when you say chill, like, I mean, w we are totally chill. Oh, we're no, chill. <laughs> no formalities per se. Like we are like, we have a great old time. We laugh and play and dance around. And, and banter. Oh, my and, goodness, yes. Oh, and banter <laughs> and tease. But it's all consensual. Everyone knows it's all good stuff. None oh, of, of course. It, none of it is sarcastic in the nature that it's like we really we this, need but we don't. anything. Yeah. Yes, nothing like that. Everything is just playful, playful, because that's how me and my husband are. And so we just have that same re relationship with our children. But the thing is, is there's also this line where it's like, we're going to play and we're going to have fun. And if you say, mom, can I make it whatever for lunch? I'm going to be like, yeah, sure. And, but they asked, <laughs> but they asked. It's the right? respect. It's, yeah. Yeah. But the respect always is there. Right. And when they, mm. and then when they need to be corrected for something, I correct it. And I do it in a calm, loving, understanding way. And we can't talk about all that today. There's just no, not enough time. <laughs> yeah. I think we've already hit on, you know, probably what the opposite of, of uh, confidence is. Yeah. Well, there's, there's one that I want to mention though, because uh, yeah. we already talked about, you know, manipulation or controlling behaviors. But I think one that's very important to uh, touch on is anxiety. 
Mm. Um, and a lot of, I know a lot of children, they have anxiety and even, especially nowadays, a lot of young more adults. and more, yeah, more and more and people are getting treated for you know, anxiety and like social anxiety or whatever. But I think a lot of that is because like you said, you know, they're not understanding their roles. They don't know what to expect or what to do or what their responsibilities are. And so that gives them anxiety and they're anxious about, okay, well, what am I supposed to do or who am I supposed to be or where, where am I supposed to go? You know? And so what's really the right way, right? right. Or, so I think or that's a big is, one. What's the real truth? Cause if you feel manipulated by a lot of people around you, that's going to make you feel pretty insecure about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You haven't even practiced skills the right way. And I think that's a thing that really helps with anxiety. I had a lot of foster children who had anxiety and skill development easily subdues or even completely replaces anxiety. Mm-hmm. It empowers. Mm-hmm. And that's one when you thing. have a skill set, something you can rely on mm-hmm. at all times, then you're not anxious. You're like, okay, I got this. I know what to yeah. do. I often tell people that work creates confidence. Oh, it's it's so true. Yeah. And, and, you know, so skill development is right in there. When you learn a task to do for like work or a chore, it's a skill. It's a little mini skill. And Mm -hmm. there's loads and loads and loads of skills that we all need to mature. Um, But a ton of those skills, especially communication wise and relationship wise can be summed up into, you know, some basic skill sets that we can teach our children, which we always work on at teaching self-government. Anyway, ah, anyway, that was, that was one I just wanted to touch on. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. That's so important. You know, we are at time here. We've probably even (laughs) overshot our time, but you know, give us grace. It's like the first, (laughs) it's like the first one, you know, that we're doing, but I hope that, that everybody enjoyed this podcast. It's been fun to do it. And, and I appreciate Paige. I appreciate you joining me um, of course. for this. So I think if we, if we want to do some takeaways, maybe everybody's got their takeaways. Um, maybe we should have a comment box below this or something. Who knows if that'll happen, <laughs> but if it's there, leave your comment of your takeaways. Um, but anyway, you know, some of the takeaways that I'm taking from this is that confidence relates a lot to honesty. Mm -hmm. confidence relates a lot to the role of who you really are. Um, confidence for children comes from confidence from parent. Like if the parent has confidence, the child is going to then gain confidence from their parent. I think you're living proof of that because you're not, you're not (laughs) the usual. Yeah. And then, um, confidence, confidence is a, a result of learning to control yourself, of mastering yourself. Mm -hmm. And that some of our problems in society, like anxiety and, and manipulation and all that kind of stuff that so many people are dealing with could at the very least uh, potentially be alleviated even just a bit if they had more skill development so that they could have Um, more confidence in themselves. And I totally agree with that. You know, teaching self-government is all about creating that emotionally strong, healthy, secure, confident person, Mm -hmm. that person who can make their own choices. And it starts with the parent. It really, really does. There's so many things that we could do to help you um, as far as on that journey. We're going to be adding more and more on these podcasts as we go along. And, and, um, 
So stay tuned for upcoming podcasts. Right now, we hope to have them super regular. We'll see what happens with my speaking schedule. Be patient. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm just, I mean, you know. we have I, phone calls like this all the time anyway, but. <laughs> we do. We do. And maybe we should just always record our phone calls. But then, you know. Oh, it'd be so it, fun. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, you can just see, uh, you know, how much I just, I just absolutely adore my daughter the adult that she's become and that we just really truly are the best of friends aren't we Paige oh yes uh, we are fact, the I'd, I'd say we talk on the phone at least every day actually we do we yeah, do it's so um, fun we are the best of friends and it's all because we knew our roles when we were when Paige was little and being raised and yeah which by the way that I was a person I could be trusted oh sorry <laughs> yeah go ahead yeah. I said by the way if you guys haven't read my mom's roles book it's a beautiful story format book that really lays out the roles of father mother child um and really how those things all fit together and I've read it myself it was awesome. I read it super fast. It's actually a really good one for children to read. Yeah. Or both. Anyway, so that is a fantastic one that really explains uh, family roles and responsibilities. It's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And you can find that book as well as all kinds of other books and courses and upcoming trainings that we might have. And I never can do as many as people want, but <laughs> so look for the ones we've got and get signed up. Anyway, you can find all of those things at teachingselfgovernment.com on the shop page, the event page. We've got a blog there where articles come out regularly. There's just so much that we're doing to try to help families uh, in these days where they're is a little bit more mixed communication about what family life should be like. So we're hoping to bring it back some, to some, um, some good old fashioned, just common sense principles and skills uh, that can help you in make that kind of home environment where everybody can be confident, calm, and happy. Thank you all for joining <laughs> us and we'll talk yes, to you again next you. time. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. For more information and resources to help unite your family, visit teachingselfgovernment.com.